are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, Trade Target Tuesday. We're going to get into the trade market a little bit heavy here in the first segment. They were talking about it on ESPN with Brian Windhorse, throwing out trades involving Drew Holiday. Let's look at those. Are any of those actually appealing, or is it just better to hold on to Holiday, like I've been saying, uh, for right now? But one of the names that has come up is Karis LeVert with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, maybe kind of as the centerpiece coming back to New Orleans. How does LeVert fit? Would he make a lot of sense? I dive into some of the numbers and explain why at times I'm excited about him. Then at times, like, I'm eh, not, not so much. But I definitely think on the right roster here in New Orleans, he has a role that he would be well suited for. And I'll explain what that is. And then uh, wrapping up in today's show, it's not easy to come up with trade targets for the Pelicans that are just kind of tinkering around the edges. I tried to go with a point guard from Oklahoma City, not the one you were thinking. And there's just no way to make that work. I'll explain what I mean and then who we came up with from the Indiana Pacers that's not named Victor Oladipo in the third segment for Trade Target Tuesday. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Given that we don't know what the salary cap and some of that stuff's going to be set at just yet, and the fact that, you know what, does it really need to be that high given how underwhelming this free agent class is, the trade market, if you're looking to improve your team significantly, might really just be the best way to go about it. And that's why Drew Holiday's name as a dude, when you look at his contract, is the only reason why they're potentially looking to trade him. I know people say the timeline and all of that, but it's really just the fact that he's basically got one more year before it's a player option. And if he's looking for a big payday and you just don't want to commit that much money to Drew Holiday if you're New Orleans, because of everything else going on, you know, yeah, it does make sense to trade him, even though I kind of like the idea of rolling the dice and not moving on from Drew Holiday because I think he's very useful on this team. And frankly, he's an awesome dude and a good player. And you know what? Sometimes it's all you really need. But others are looking to move him, and I understand it. So on ESPN's Hoop Collective podcast, Brian Windhorse and guests really kind of dove into this one a little bit, throwing his name in Drew Holiday's alongside Chris Paul, Victor Oladipo, and Bradley Beal. They're not convinced that the Pelicans are looking to move Drew Holiday, but talked about a couple of trades. And when you hear kind of what's going on out there, it's not all that great. The first one is Denver talking about Gary Harris, Bull Bull, a first round pick and another first round pick, but way late in like 2025, one from Houston, one from Denver. That's not all that attractive if they're not including Michael Porter Jr. And to be fair, I don't know how much New Orleans really likes Michael Porter Jr. At least they didn't before. Maybe that's changed after the bubble. That trade, I'd, I'd rather just hold on to Drew. What's the point of tw the 26th pick in the draft for two years, right? Like those are useful things to have, but that's not all that great. Like I'm not high on Gary Harris, like Bull Bull. The, the theory of him sounds far better than his actual play in the league. It's a fun player to have, but he, he's a two-way player for a reason, right? He's not getting significant NBA minutes. He's not going to get significant NBA minutes either. So I don't know if that 
team and the Denver Nuggets is really all that like appealing of a partner. At that point, eh, I just try and keep it. They also mentioned Dallas with Tim Hardaway Jr. involved, mainly for salary matching purposes, because it's not like Tim Hardaway Jr. is on the level of a guy like Drew Holiday. Makes sense for Dallas. Certainly think they should try to do it. They don't have a whole lot that I'm really excited about in return. They don't even really give that team much thought. The team they give a lot of time to are the Brooklyn Nets. In a trade built around a guy like Karis LeVert, Tayshaun Prince, uh, another young guy they say not named Jared Allen, and a Philly 2020 first-round pick for J.J. Redick and Drew Holiday. I do think... That could make some sense in terms of packaging Drew with J.J. Redick. We don't need to debate the merits of this deal. I would definitely want uh, Allen coming back, Jared Allen coming back from the Brooklyn Nets in any trade for Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick on that. I'd almost make that a pretty big requirement for something like that. But I think the biggest thing is, okay, how would you feel about shipping out Drew Holiday and, and whatever, J.J. Redick or not J.J. Redick, and getting back Karis LeVert? Is that a guy you're happy with being the centerpiece for your team? Let's dive into it here in the next segment. He's got a lot going for him, but is this the right fit for him? And how would he play on this team? I've got numbers, looked at some film of him too. Let's dive into a lot of stuff when it comes to Karis LeVert coming up. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car is just to save money that you can use for other important things. Your mortgage, food, what have you. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? It's just, it doesn't make sense, right? No. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you should go to RockAuto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Save yourself some money because the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. They're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much money. Save that money and use it towards more useful things. They have everything you could possibly need. Engine control modules, brake pads, tail lamps, motor, motor oil, even new carpet. I actually needed to order a new set of flare wrenches. They have that there too. So everything you need to work on your car, it's going to be cheaper, most likely, at RockAuto.com. You should check it out. The catalog is simple, easy to use and you can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today is also brought to you by Built Go. Things can be a drag. Sometimes I'm just not up for recording a podcast today and doing all the prep work that goes into it when it's the off season. We've been going since March when there's been little sports at times and not a whole lot to talk about it. Sometimes it's just in the morning for work. I'm just really not feeling it or a workout in the afternoon. Whatever it is, you still have to do these things, right? And you need to do them as well as you can. You've just got a wall and you've got to try and break through it. Well, Built Go is here for you and is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, except the energy is not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. This is the perfect thing uh, to throw in your briefcase, put in your golf bag to help you back on the back nine and get through all of that because it's an ounce and a half of protein gel. It's the best one out there on the market. It's basically five hour energy without the same crash feeling and it's natural. So it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and even better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate 
milk. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. And collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system quicker. Plus, it's loaded with other great things to just help you ignite your workout or just get through whatever wall it is with your just regular day. They've got B vitamins, B3, honey, and a little bit of caffeine, B6, B12. And the collagen um, protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So this stuff literally makes you look better. Go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCK and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only daily show here Monday through Friday for you all breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, whether it's the coaching surf uh, trades. We've got it all here. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. So I asked you in the last segment, how would you feel about a centerpiece of a Drew Holiday trade being Karis LeVert? Forget everything else. The best piece coming back to New Orleans, if it was Karis LeVert, are you at least listening to the rest of the offer? I'm a little torn on this. I think when you look at some of the deals out there for him, for Drew Holiday, I don't know if you're going to actually get a better player than Karis LeVert. I think LeVert is pretty good. Not not a top end, but he he's a starter. He can do a number of things well, and I think there's a specific role for him that kind of drips with potential on the right team, and if New Orleans fills out the roster the rest of the way, I think he could really, really succeed here. But there's also parts of his game, a little bit of inconsistency, a little too focused on isolation, that make me wonder if maybe not, maybe he isn't the right guy for this team. What is kind of right, though, is some of the price for him. He's got an extension kicking in next season that's going to pay him just $16 million, then $17.5, then $18.75 million the season after that. That, I think, is good value for a guy who last season, uh, and then particularly played well in the bubble, he averaged 18.7 points per game, 4.4 assists, and 4.2 rebounds per game. He did this while shooting 36% from deep on five attempts per game. That's not bad. 18.7 shots per game on 6.3 shot attempts is pretty decent as well. He's improved every single year he's been in the league. This was his fourth season. He'll be entering his fifth. He's relatively young, so he's got a little bit more experience than some of the other guys on the roster. But if you're concerned about timeline and all of that stuff that I'm not when it comes to Drew Holiday, he definitely fits into that a little bit better. So I think there's a lot of real great potential here for, to bring in Karis LeVert and should make some other people happy. So I pulled them up in the B-Ball Dash Index site to kind of see what's going on. So all of this data comes from you, uh, comes to you from the B-Ball Dash Index. Their innovative tools, data, and 500 plus player profiles are available to you for just $5 a month or $50 a year over at bball-index.com. It's a great tool that I've really been diving into to kind of get a better feel for some of these players, some of these guys, other than just the raw numbers that you get on like basketball reference or something like that. So the raw numbers, as I just mentioned, the counting stats for Levert are good, right? He does a number of things well. And when you look at kind of what, you know, a guy who plays on the wing, the shooting guard spot, he can play a little bit of the small forward spot too. And he kind of defends more of the wing than he does in the backcourt. It's not a bad overall guy to have to really add some depth to your roster. You can throw Brandon Ingram at the five and go with a smaller lineup, Levert at the three. You can go a little bit bigger and put him at the two. He's got good size at six, six and played that way as well. And with the skills that he has, he is a bit of a playmaker. He's not 
going to be that primary creator for you, but as a secondary creator, a guy who can get the ball in his hands and create for others, he definitely does that. He's got a lot of playmaking in his game. He's a good three-point shooter and can get his own shot off the dribble more so than he is as a spot-up shooter. He actually isn't that great as a spot-up shooter and instead is much better in pull-up situations. He grades out in the 87th percentile in terms of pull-up three-point percentage at 41.5%. That number drops to 33 in cash and shoot situations, putting him in the 40th percentile. So not great there. But if you need a guy who just create his own shot, and sometimes it's what you need, and then creates for others that way too with his playmaking ability and the passing ability, that's a good dude to have, right? Like that is a really good player just right there. He's not going to be an amazing defender and he's not great on the perimeter or really on the interior. He's not a good rebounder, at least on the defensive side of the ball at all. He doesn't grade above really above a D in any category when it comes to that. Though you can see him do some putbacks on the offensive uh, glass there too. But really, he's going to have value as a scorer who can get points in bunches and then create for others by doing that. Now, the problem with that is it requires a lot of isolation basketball for him. And that's primarily how he does his scoring when he's not shooting the ball. Uh, It's one-on-one. He can get to the rim and finish that way. And if he doesn't, he can dump it off. And that's where I think a lot of his skills are, that he's aggressive and he's willing to drive. And he grades out in terms of just pure drives per game in the 94th percentile of the two guards like that. So he goes. When you look at Lonzo Ball's game, the lack thereof of driving, that's actually really important. And he's one of the better isolation scorers in the league, I think, in terms of pure points. However, his field goal percentage, his e-field goal percentage in isolation is just 35%. So he's not an efficient scorer in that. He's also not good off ball. He doesn't move particularly well and doesn't move particularly often. So you're getting kind of a one-dimensional score that can go out and do a couple of things really well and gives you enough in other categories to make him look a little bit more serviceable. You comfortable getting that back in a trade for Drew Holiday? I am if he accepts a bench role and wants to be kind of the sixth man for this team. I don't know if I want to put a player like that necessarily in the starting lineup alongside Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. That's just too much ball to, you know, there's not enough ball to go around, I think, in a situation like this. But Karis LeVert coming off the bench and fulfilling a Manu Ginobili type role? Sign me up for that. And that's where I think he could be really advantageous. And having any guy who kind of checks a number of the boxes that Ginobili gives you, about a four-tool guy, three-tool guy that can score, play a little bit of defense, rebound just enough, at least on the offensive side, to get you even more points there and kind of create for others and help you close out the game. Yeah, I don't want him running with the starters for the majority of the game, but to close out a game, sure. I think he can be a very valuable guy right there. And at $16 million next season, 17 and a half, then 18.75, basically it's 18.8. Like, I think there's value in him if he accepts that role. And if you're moving on from Drew Holiday and you manage to find kind of your more traditional point guard, maybe you trade up, use some of the other assets coming back from Drew Holiday, move into the top four and get a guy like Killian Hayes. And your starting lineup in some capacity is Killian Hayes, maybe maybe J.J. Redick or Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, some other big man center there. And then you have Karis LeVert coming off the bench and closing games out. And you maybe go super small there and put Zion at the five. I think there's value in that. And I think that could really work. And the fact that he's under team control and cheap for the next three years makes me feel a little bit better about trading Drew Holiday for him. But in terms of playing with the starters... 
the whole game, I'm, I'm a little iffy on it, but I could see him doing well in a different kind of role. And if that's the role the Pelicans envision for him and think they can build a team that suits those strengths, then sign me up for that. But it's something to consider that are you going to be comfortable trading Drew Holiday for a guy who maybe shouldn't be a starter for your team and shouldn't play alongside Zion and Ingram a ton until it comes down to trying to close the game out. And that's kind of the money question when it comes to this. So coming up, it's the Trade Target Tuesday for the Pelicans that doesn't involve Drew Holiday. I've got a name in mind. It took a little bit to try and find someone, and I'll explain why coming up here in just a second. I'll let you know who from the Indiana Pacers we're thinking about trying to grab. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only daily show here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Free agency, uh, coaching search, trade market, we got it all covered here on Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So coming up with a name for Trade Target Tuesday was actually kind of difficult. I originally wanted to try and key in on that point guard spot because I think it's really important for New Orleans. But the problem was like, okay, who do you get? And then figuring out salaries for New Orleans gets a little bit dicey once guys start to make over about $10 million or so. Uh, particularly when you start to get into like some of the fringe guys, like guys who don't, you, you don't want to have to trade a first round pick for. So how do you make, kind of make it work with players or like a second round pick or something like that? My initial guy that I wanted to go after was Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Kind of that lightning spark off the bench, six man of the year with everything that can still run a team, but also score and give you kind of what you need. And I thought that's a useful guy to have here in New Orleans, kind of similar-ish in a way, but more of a point guard to Karis LeVert. He's making $15.5 million. There's like no way to bring in a guy like that unless you're doing it for J.J. Redick. But a, a trade of like J.J. Redick and a first round pick for Dennis Schroeder just doesn't seem like what, you know, that is a deal that Oklahoma City probably says yes to. But if you're New Orleans, like what, why, why are you doing that, right? Like that seems just too much to give up for that kind of guy in that kind of role. And as I started to go through names that I thought would make sense here, like I, I just couldn't find a way to really make it work. Like, are you willing to give up Nikhil Alexander Walker for a guy in Dennis Schroeder alongside some other salary to make it work? Just at a certain point, a lot of New Orleans roster is kind of cheap. You know, when you look at Nikhil, three million, Nicolo Melli, four million, Jackson Hayes, five million. The only real name on there that carries some salary is Darius Miller at seven million, or JJ Redick thirteen and a half, or Drew Holiday at twenty six and whatever their salaries are going to be next season. Lonzo Ball makes sense because he's at least $8.7 million will be a little bit more, but you're not going to put him in a trade for, for a shooter. Like, that doesn't make sense. So how do you try and add people to this team and the salaries uh, with the salaries that you have? And it's not always easy. Once a guy starts to make a little bit too much, unless you're doing a multi-team trade or a multi-player deal, it becomes a lot harder. So I kind of had to rule out Schroeder because, frankly, I'm not an NBA capologist, and that just... I don't even want to try and get into that. But a name that I started to circle back to that would be gettable is a guy on the Indiana Pacers. We've already talked about Victor Oladipo and why I'm a big fan of bringing him in. But if you're wanting to tinker around the edges, say you're going to have to send out a guy like J.J. Redick in a trade. If Indiana is kind of intent on tearing it down and looking to get some assets, a name like Doug McDermott kind of comes to mind as a guy that could make a lot of sense, I think, for New Orleans to kind of fill that role that J.J. Redick had. Now, he makes $7.5 million next year. It's a whole lot easier to figure out than a guy making 15. So Doug McDermott, as unsexy as that is, is the trade target of the day. 
you could potentially do something like a Darius Miller cash to kind of offset some of that if the Pelicans pick up his player option. Plus, um, as my computer wants to make some noise here, uh, plus a second round pick or two second round picks and give them some assets. And I think that could be enough to bring in Doug McDermott. He fits a lot of kind of what you want. It's just a complimentary piece here in New Orleans, and I wouldn't hate it. You know, this is a guy that is as good of a shooter as is out there kind of in the league that is maybe acquirable. I don't know if a team like Indiana just wants to give up for him for a couple of second round picks. But you know what? If they're going full small market and tearing everything down, he would be perfectly fine here in New Orleans. And I think it would make a lot of sense. In Indiana last year, 10 points per game. He did this on uh, 44% shooting from deep. He's a career 41.2% shooter from deep. He's lights out. He does it on pretty good volume, not a ton. He's averaged three for his career uh, per game, but he averaged 4.3 last year. And when you look at him again in the B-Ball Dash Index, yeah, when it comes to three-point shooting, pull up, got it. Catch and shoot threes, yes. Above the break threes, yes. Corner threes, yes. All of this in his career, above 40%, above 43% for all of those too. He works well off ball. He runs around. He's going to run around trying to find a spot on the perimeter where he's open to catch the ball and shoot. He's not going to cut a ton and try and score around the rim or anything like that, though he's capable of doing it, I think, when the situation presents itself. He's mainly going to be out there on the three-point line, spacing the court. You just need another shooter? Go on and get Doug McDermott. It would work. The fact that he moves and doesn't just stand right there and at least creates problems for the defense, if you give him a slightly increased role, I think he'd be fine. He's cheap, too. That also kind of helps things. So it's not a sexy idea of a trade, but moving to bring in a guy like Doug McDermott to just fill that three-point shooting hole that J.J. Redick, if you trade him, is likely going to leave, yeah, it's fine. I think that's perfect for him. Give me a guy who runs around, finds a spot on the perimeter, can catch the ball and shoot, and drain the three, and make life easier for Zion Williamson. More around those uh, about him, the better. So there you go. Trade target Tuesday. Doug McDermott, probably the unsexiest one that we've done so far um, as we started this series. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.